And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Tuesday, January 17th, the day after the Celtics back-to-back games against the Charlotte Hornets. Not back-to-back days, back-to-back games. We played them twice in a row in Charlotte. You get the picture. Uh, before that, though, I had a story. I went into uh, Target today. As I say, if you're watching on YouTube, I kind of look like a Target employee. I'm wearing the red. You look um, like a Target employee. <laughs> I don't know about that. They they wear like a vest. You're not wearing a vest. No, it's just red. I don't know about your target at my target. You just have to wear red top. That is is that only... Walmart that they wear the vest? Yeah. Walmart is the best target is just, you have to wear red. I know. Cause I had multiple friends working. Uh, it's target. like a gang. Ooh. Mm. I was working in, uh, excuse me. I was walking into target today and, uh, I, I passed this like group of college age girls, maybe high school. I'm not sure. But as they're getting in their car, they said, uh, let's do a haul. And I've never fe- felt more like, old i wanted to crawl into my own skin in that moment like i've i don't well, think i've ever felt skin. older but you know what i mean i wanted to crawl up inside myself and just you like, felt your skin not crawl, be there yeah saying. yeah sure that that that's fine but th- then, then then they go we didn't even get anything we'll just show off our starbucks and i'm like ah wow well, like i i never felt older than in that moment and i was just like it, it was like a blind side as i was walking into target <laughs> now i'm not typically one to watch halls uh, but if I was mm-hmm. to watch like somebody try Do on that. clothes, yeah, it, those clothes would not come from Target. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's not now, bash Target. Now I <laughs> I like some of the stuff from Target, and as do you. Well, have I told you all of my wardrobe is Target? The, I don't the think good, I wear the good like, fellow clothing. Good fellow, this I, is good I, fellow. I have a long sleeve from them that I've it's very phenomenal. much like. Very comfy. Um, but like nobody's like gonna watch me try on the. I even you know what's funny, Jack. I even went on their site to see if it was just an exclusive Target company, which it is. It's like Target. It own is clothing. Mm-hmm. But I was great. gonna see if they would sponsor us because I know we both enjoy mm. the clothing. Yes, very comfy. But nobody is searching Target clothing no. haul. They're like, <laughs> let me. I'll check you know, YouTube. If you're like shopping for Gucci, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You Gucci just left haul. the Gucci store. Maybe somebody would watch your haul. <laughs> there is target shop with me target home and fashion hall you'd be surprised i guess maybe i'm out of touch hmm. maybe, maybe i i will say in that moment i felt very like i said out of touch or old or whatever you want to say i do love target though target is one of my favorite places on the planet i like full like mom on facebook love target my girlfriend and i both love target like I, my whole wardrobe is from target this sweatshirt's target um at least half of the presents i got for christmas in terms of clothing were target as well like wow it's just you're an easy shop oh yeah no it's phenomenal your parents took care of took you like (laughs) 10 bucks (laughs) yeah no it is uh it is phenomenal i do love me some target there's no if i have like a a store like that that i really i don't really like to i mean it's not that i don't like to shop but i don't really shop Mm. every time i go into target i go to the goodfellow section though like i will go there and i'll see if there's any they have a specific section there's a section with goodfellow clothing yeah it's i i love it it is great i I got what did i get today i got sweatpants a couple days ago i don't think i got i got a couple t-shirts today nothing exciting actually i got like a new sweater thing like a long sleeve thing that i'm gonna jack do a haul jack you're gonna do a a haul Should I should I do now what I made fun of at the start of the show? I mean, it's just two gray T-shirts and a, and a sweater, so I don't I don't think it's necessary. But I wonder uh, what they bought yeah. at Target that they thought 
was well, so great that people would want to see. That's the thing. Like I said, when I was like, I guess eavesdropping, I overheard their conversation. They were like, oh, we didn't even get get much. We'll just show off our Starbucks. And I was like, well, th- well then what's the point of a haul? Like, what, what are we what are we doing here? Like, this is why I don't use Instagram. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you know that was going on Instagram. Yeah. That's not something you mm-hmm. tweet. You, you don't tweet that. No. It could be a Snapchat story. Snapchat. I don't watch stories on Snapchat. Yeah. I, I don't Snapchat, really use Instagram either. Not, not a high volume of use on Snapchat for me. The only yeah. use i have for snapchat anymore is like we have a couple group chats of people who don't oh, have iPhones. Yes. so like to avoid the green text and the text messages mm. chats or whatever you throw That's it in a Snapchat and it's a snap uh group a big fan of the facebook group chat actually uh, yes i remember that, that's you, where you my ancient group one. chat is since eighth grade <laughs> yeah if you are going to a celtics game or any other event mm. and you're, you're going to use seat geek you should do it mm-hmm. and use promo code lafrance to save twenty dollars on your first purchase. Wow. That's impressive. Is about 10 years old, probably. My God. That is wild. Well, so that's, 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 that's enough crazy. to make you go look in the mirror for a bit. Right. Oof. It's upsetting. It's very upsetting. I, Speaking I've, of the group chat, though. Yeah. Uh, I was not able to do pregame Saturday. Mm, mm-hmm. I was at Secret Santa in January. Now, I Secret Santa is my favorite. Of all the friend gatherings. I think it's the best thing we do. It's a lot of fun. Everybody gets a nice gift. Usually we all hit it on the head too. Because we know each other pretty well. It's not like you're you're opening stuff at home. And you might have them miss the mark. No, yeah. No, that doesn't really happen. Gotcha. And it's pretty cool seeing the thought people put into it. And everything like that. So always one of my favorite events. The problem this year is one, it was impossible to get it planned, which I already have complained about. Mm -hmm. But we did get it planned, and then we had people not there. Now, the one one guy, two two people are excused. Okay. There was one guy that had an emergency. Fine. Of course, fine. Two, the other guy is a cop. So he he was Uh, ordered to cover the shift. What are you going to do? There's really nothing he can do. Now, here's, here's where we run into a problem. Mm-hmm. we've got an individual that works at a restaurant and an individual mm-hmm. that delivers packages. Okay. Neither one of these gentlemen had the day off. <laughs> this so... has been something we knew about for at least a month, probably a month. Uh-huh. It did take us a while to plan it, but not very, not one of those jobs where you can't say I need the day off. Yeah. So they you just know? didn't request the time off. Did not take the time off. One so it was a 9 p.m. The the delivery a, guy he okay. got out of work early enough in the day. I think he took the night off instead of and he worked the day instead. Smart, that's fair. But the other kid was at the restaurant. I I don't know what you're doing. Can't well, do this. Be waiter, busboy. I'm not sure. Bartender. The last I knew, okay. he was a busboy, but he may have uh, leveled up since then. That's usually how it goes. A little bit gotcha. older yes. now. Um, yes, yes. Very good time. The problem also that uh, there was football on the television instead ah, of the Celtics. See. Instead of the Celtics, yes, and mind oh, that's you, unacceptable. let's let's not pretend like that's the Patriots okay. are playing because they weren't. Yeah, that's not okay. You so better... I had the game on my iPad, and <laughs> those, I was those able friends to are not allowed. Someone watch the game, Which but, friend but overall, this? very good. Call time. them out, A lot please. of unhealthy food. We talked about this. Yes, yes. Oof. Which friend decided to put football on instead of? It was Celtics? a consensus. Which is Who, the bigger problem? 
who voted for in in a, there was no vote that was just the understanding uh, a That's landslide wild. the love of football in this group of friends i truly want to understand i like, get it when it's your team when it's your team i understand sure i mean I i've thrown on like Celtics, i won't i oftentimes don't miss things i mean like on new year's eve i threw on the what was it who was playing the college football playoff game like it was like michigan and yeah. ohio state or something like that was a fine game that was fun but like if they're i mean i guess i kind of understand because like my friend group doesn't watch the celtics but if so they weren't they wouldn't be the type to have like a sporting event on anyways but with my friends who do like sports if the celtics are on and a random football game is on it will be the celtics like yeah. so I, that that it, that go. doesn't sit right with me that's Which proper friends, etiquette like Especially well, me there... missing pregame to be there when other people did not miss things. Yeah, exactly. So what other? I should have showed were... up late. Were there any friends that were voting for the Celtics or, no. or also upset with the decision? No. Wow. Nobody cares like I do. See, that's just not a good group of friends right there. That's not okay. I'd say they're an okay group of friends. <laughs> they're an okay group of friends. Oh, good from my perspective, from my perspective, that doesn't seem Rap behavior good. having football on the TV? Yeah, maybe. What football game was it? Uh, it was both of them. It was first. I don't even remember the Chargers played the first one. I think Chargers, Jaguars, no, or that Giants. was the late one. Was it Who Giants? The first game? one. Oh gosh, I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, Seahawks, Niners. Was it that one? Yeah, that one. That okay, one pissed okay. me off because that one wasn't even close. No, the Niners blew them out. Uh, anyways, Good going start. into into the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we rambled on about Target and football. Uh, we can get into the Celtics, which is what you're probably waiting for. And let's just not bury the lead any more than we already have. Jason Tatum, 51 points in the Celtics' Same second win against – what you say? <laughs> Same with us, burying the lead. Yeah, right. Always bury the lead. Um, Jason Tatum, 51 points against the Hornets. First 50-point game of the season. He had a 49-point game uh, earlier in the year against the Heat. Jamal Crawford said to him, if you have the chance to go for – apparently he texted Tatum after that 49-point game and said – if you have the chance for go for 50, go for 50. No one's going to remember how you got it. They're just going to remember that you got it. And so Jason Tatum in the last couple minutes chucked up a couple threes, got to 51. Um, and, uh, yeah, Celtics won. It was a good game. Both the Hornets games were good ones. They almost kind of faltered in both of them, which we can talk about. But starting with Tatum, 51 points, I mean, he's just incredible. And Jamal Crawford was, was kind of right. Like, obviously, the us's and oh, the other, man. like, I know, the other, like, people who followed the Celtics like very closely won't remember he jacked, uh, jacked up those two threes, but in the grand scheme of the media, all anyone was talking about is 51 point Tatum. So it's true. Crawford all is right. over Twitter. Just a big mm-hmm. fat picture of Tatum. And then he's the MVP <laughs> again after scoring 51 on the Hornets. Right. <laughs> I will say this uh, good on Tatum because he has not lost a game yet without Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. which is yep. a big feat. Because we see it all over the league when players go out of the lineup, things don't necessarily go well. Just look at a team like Phoenix when Devin Booker doesn't play. Now he's their best player, but still, they are a disaster. Mm -hmm. The Celtics are built different, obviously, not saying that, you know, as the mainstream built different thing. But they truly are. Like, they're constructed to be one of the deepest teams in the league, if not the deepest. So they are able to withstand uh, an injury like this. And you saw it on Saturday when Brogdon had 30 after Derek White also went out, which it was remarkable how I did see the replay of what happened and it was scary looking. And then he just played. Monday. It was bad. 
It was real bad. Shout out to him though. I'm glad he yeah. got it. No, no, no. I'm happy. Happy he played. Like I'm happy he was okay. But it looked like it was gonna be real bad. It reminded me of uh Kemba when he ran into Shemi Ojale. Yeah, that was also bad. That was a crazy event. But going back to the Celtics and Charlotte, mm-hmm. what a performance in the first game. The massive comeback. <laughs> yeah. After right. playing like me and the boys for I don't know, let's see, let's say 18 minutes. Then they started trying. <laughs> And then great overall performance on Monday, I guess, mm-hmm. was a little bit too close for my liking. But sure. what are you going to do? That's classic Celtics. They love a nice collapse as they're winning. Mm-hmm. Just enough to make you think they might lose. Yeah, I mean, it's the classic Celtics. Uh, they're they're going to do it. I've come to accept that even though it probably shouldn't be the standard I, I come to accept, but it, it's the Celtics we're living with. So I'm not, there's going to do me no good to keep complaining over the same thing, but I, I want to circle back to Tatum really quick. Um, do you think Jason Tatum is still the MVP of the NBA right now? Because like, obviously the 51 point game, that's what everyone's talking about. I know I gave my thoughts on a recent pregame show and people disagreed with it. I think Luca is the MVP right now. Now, I'm not sure if the Mavs have fallen off because I did give the stipulation of, excuse me, you know, if the Mavs fall down the standings too much. They're 24 and 21 right now, so they're in fifth place in the West. Significant difference between them and the Celtics. Put that in perspective, that is the Miami Heat. Yes. Yeah. At the same time, however, you got to take into account the idea of most valuable player to their team, right? You take Jason Tatum off the Celtics, they're still a top six seed in the East, in my opinion. And if you take Luke off the Mavericks, they're fighting for Victor Wembanyama in the lottery. Now, I'm not trying to discredit Tatum because what he's doing is incredible and the Celtics are not any like a championship contender without him. So he's obviously like no crap. He's valuable to the team. But if you're talking about most valuable, what Luke is doing on the Mavericks is ridiculously impressive. And even past that, I don't even think Tatum's second. I think he's third. I think I would put Jokic above him because Jokic, the 30 and 13 uh, Nuggets who are, you know, on par with the Celtics now, he is far and away their best player. Jamal Murray struggled a little since coming back. Aaron Gordon has been playing like an all-star this year, I think. But Nicole Jokic is just like so clearly the best guy on that team. Um, So I'd probably go Luka Jokic uh, Tatum with the condition that if Luka falls any further, like he, he probably dips. But Tatum's MVP case is not as, you know, clear cut as it was early in the season. Well, he's not lighting the world on fire anymore, in fairness to you. Well, we, we say after the 51 point game. <laughs> no, but he, he hasn't really been. I know. know what you're saying, though. Yeah, I would say he's still first to me. OK, and this is why. Now, Jokic is a very compelling argument because mm-hmm. big believer in winning first for MVP. I know. I now the Luca point is fair because that mm-hmm. team is me and the boys, but <laughs> you know, not really serious point. But they would actually kind of be better off if he like wasn't playing for him because then they would get one Banyama and then they really have a team. <laughs> um, but okay. Celtics have the best record in the NBA. They have it by two games over Denver right now. Mm-hmm. Tatum has had to step out, step up with Brown mm-hmm. out over the last week, right? week uh roughly a week yeah streets are saying he'll be back thursday mm, i don't know if you saw that i did not I did see that, that but it makes don't sense. know how reputable it was but i did see it mm-hmm. um but they still have the best record in the league they have a chokehold on the eastern conference right now they are four and a yep. half games up four and, and a half games team up. 
Yep. On the Nets. Oof, and what a lead. The, Two games uh, up on Denver. Not that it matters, but mm-hmm. they are. <laughs> yeah. They are a powerhouse, and he is the head of the snake. If you take Tatum off the team, they are going to be much worse. If you take Jokic yeah, off the team, yeah. they're going to be much worse. And if you take Luka off the team, it's not going to be very good. All of those <laughs> things are true. Mm-hmm. But I think with all things considered, Tatum is my guy just because that's the best team. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely putting up comparable type performances to these other guys. He's not having yeah. to do everything by himself like Luca, who remarkably is still very efficient, especially from the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good for yeah. him. That's impressive to me. Jokic all over the place with his stats. He hits everywhere. Hits all the stats. Luca is like, sorry, it didn't like clock for me. I, I was looking at odds. Luca's like ridiculously efficient though. For, like, I know. The, the, I, the I volume he's on. It. Right, like almost fifty percent from the field, thirty-five percent from three. Which, like, thirty-five isn't crazy, but like he's taken eight a game, and they, like not like the defense has it many other players to focus on, right? Yeah, in Dallas, so crazy, and like by far his most efficient season from the field in total. Like he, he shot forty-seven point nine percent in twenty 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 one. This year he's shooting forty-nine point eight. So like just almost two percentage points better uh, than his best season. Uh, and he's only 0.02. Like he's effectively shooting the best he has ever from three point range too. Just like 0.02 behind. Um, but as far as I don't want to get here, here's the thing with me, and this okay. applies to all three of these guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to act like these guys. The numbers they're putting up are the greatest thing ever, because the NBA now, Why? in terms of scoring, the NBA now okay. is so much more offensively focused in terms of the pace in terms of the shot selection in terms of the foul calls that these guys get and this is all of them not including tatum some of the yeah. some of the shots he gets on threes that are fouls are not fouls you can't act like it's worlds better than what players in the past that are considered greats have done I have a counterpoint, excuse me, and I'm excuse me, trying to find what it is. I saw, I don't know if it was a TikTok or, or a video or an article or some, some form of content, basically saying that, yes, offense is at an all-time high right now and it is all high, but like, let's not act like this is the highest, like by far, scoring has ever been. They were scoring like 118 points per game in the 80s. Right, like they, they were scoring around these numbers in the 80s. I don't know if that's true. I know in the yeah. 60s they were. The reason why I'm trying to find it uh, on basketball reference, but the reason why is right in the eighties when they were scoring these ridiculously high points, it was right before expansion, right? The ABA and the NBA just merged. And so there was this influx of like tons and tons of talent in the NBA and you didn't see it happen the same way right now, right? Like there was no, okay, we're going to add a second league of talented players, but so many players have trained their whole lives for this moment that there's just like more talent than ever. And on top of that, you're kind of also seeing what I just said. You're not seeing in terms of a second league coming over because of how many international players there are, right? Giannis, Jokic, Luka, uh, Embiid. You had like an entire new crop of international players. Embiid, I guess is borderline, but he's from, uh, you know, anyways, my point is, the NBA needs to expand in order for these scoring numbers to go down because you're seeing such talented teams, right? Like even you, like we've talked about it before. There's like 10 teams in each, or like 12 teams in each conference looking to make the playoffs this year. The West is crazy. They need to get rid of the play-in. 
I'm sorry. You got to get rid of it. I at least at least complain. until you expand. If you expand, it's a little different. But right now, I, like look look at the West. Pull up, pull up the West. I can do it if you can. Uh, yeah, I have the West. I've got it. Okay. What so right what now, separates thirteenth place from sixth? Thirteenth place is the Lakers, ten and a half games back. Six games is the Clippers, eight games back. So two and a half. Two games and a half games separate those sixth. two teams. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. That means between thirteen and tenth can't be more than a game and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirteen and tenth. Thirteenth is ten and a half. Tenth is nine. Game and a half. Yep. Yeah. Nail on the head. The 13th place Lakers right now should not have a prayer to make the playoffs. It well, just that's not it even true. In the you're wrong. You're you're objectively wrong. wrong, though. Yes, you are. Because the, make the separation the between them and six is not that much, which is still true. But they mm-hmm. have such a greater chance in making the playoffs just because there's more spots. Not not right now. They don't. What the do you gap between. The gap between them and 10 is the same between the gap of them and eight right now. So even if they abolish the playoffs, like the play in, it doesn't matter. They're still the same games out of your playoffs versus the play in. Okay. Well, that's fair. But still, <laughs> it, it shouldn't be a thing. Because mm-hmm. in the past, uh, there are teams that get in that. And it's just like, why are we even playing these games? Like the Spurs got in a couple of years ago, might have been the first mm-hmm. one. And it was like, why Why are they even in this? They're, they got in the play in. They didn't get in the playoffs. I know. But yeah, I, I, I don't hate the play in a because it eliminates tanking a little bit like it, it like teams aren't going to tank as much anymore um, because they think they have a chance. Like the, the only Kings... benefit to the play in to me is if somebody gets hurt, like like say Luka got hurt and they decide they mm-hmm. really want to go for it this year. Like they say, say they had a bunch of money tied up in guys on their team, like the, mm-hmm. the fellas aside from Luka are making money. Sure. And like their window is real small. Say Luka like hurts himself and he misses a good amount of the season it could allow them to sneak in and still like make a playoff run. Besides that, it's not adding anything. Does it deter teams from tanking? I'm not really sure. It because does. What, it absolutely what does. team down there has any thought that they're going to compete if from, from the front office standpoint, not like all the you players think, think of they things, can compete every game. I say this, I say this every, all the time. You always think of things from Celtics, which is fair. It's a Celtics podcast. That's fine. And that's because the Celtics have the standard of championship or bust. That's not like as messed up as it is. And I agree with you that that should be the standard. That's not how teams around the league think. That's just not like some ownership. Groups oh, the Timberwolves. And some the, Timberwolves. <clears throat> the Timberwolves. Sure. That was perfect. last year. Their goal is to make the playoffs. They just want to make the playoffs right now. They've been in a drought for so long outside of that one Jimmy Butler year that they just want to make the playoffs. You can say the same thing about the Kings. You can say the same thing about the Wizards who want to keep Bradley Beal happy. You can say the same thing about so many teams around the league. All they want to do is make the playoffs, right? Um, And the alternative to that is tanking, right? And that's fine. The Spurs are tanking this year. That's fine. Like uh, uh, Some teams are tanking, but you're seeing so many fewer teams tanking. The West is the perfect example because as much as you say, okay, the play-in is not a good thing, I think this is the perfect year for the play-in to be a thing because you have that many playoff-quality teams in the West, right? Like, let's not act like, you know, the, excuse me, the the Trailblazers are a bad team. They're 21 and 22, right? So they're, they're completely mediocre. Any other year, they're a talented team, right? Look at, I'm just going to go through the West one through 10, right? Or one through 13 with the Lakers down there at the bottom of the, the play in race, the nuggets quality team, 
Grizzlies, good team. Pelicans, good team. Kings, good team. Mavericks, Luka and company. Clippers, Kawhi, Paul George. Warriors, Steph Curry. The Jazz have come out of nowhere with a good coach and like a, a decent basketball roster, correct? Like you can't shit yep. on Jazz. They're good this year. The Timberwolves, as much as you want to crap on them for the Gobert trade, they have talent on the roster. They made the playoffs They've last had year. injuries and stuff right? this year. They haven't had the best luck. <laughs> And you have Edwards, you have Towns and Gobert at the core. You have the Trailblazers with Dame. The Thunder have magically appeared in the play-in race with Shea Gilgis-Alexander playing like an MVP. The See, Suns me, are there. The play-in is built for a team like the Thunder. Yes, exactly. But since there are so many talented teams in the West, it's also going to include some other teams that, you know, are are, are good enough to be in the playoffs. So, so I think this is the perfect example of a year when the play-in should be implemented because there's so much talent. Now, a time like last year, like the Spurs used in his example, that's a year where it's not necessary. I, I think there should be uh, uh, a I threshold. Think, I think what you're trying to say is it should be like it was for the bubble, where yes, it was if they were is, separated yes. by like one game, then there's some kind of play. In. I think it's like it, I think they use like four and a half games. They used I think they used a big window, maybe or, or maybe not. But maybe I think they it should did be like just because like the the amount of games that would have been left had they not had yes. COVID. Yes. I, I think three games is a, is a fine standard or maybe even that's too much. Mm, I don't think so. I think, I think it's one, one or two. No, no more than two. I, I think three you, is you fine. You got 82 games. Two is a lot. I know. Sure. Two is a, well, two is 82. Two is a lot at the end of the season to separate. I disagree. Two is a lot of games, and an eight, I think three, three, and you. We can disagree. This is a minute detail. My point is three like, separates. Like, three mm-hmm. separates thirteen from uh-huh. six. We're also halfway through the season. We it, this is not like we're a, a full season, right? Like, so if you really want to do that, you can double it and say, "So, oh, this will." Regardless, we, we could quibble on the logistics of it. The point is there should be some sort of threshold that a team has to meet to qualify for the play-in, right? Like if the... Maybe it should be a win total. Maybe. Well, no. I, I think, I think it just, should be a win total. Every, like like a bowl game in college football, where if you win like in college football, it's different. Five games, you get a bowl game. Say you win 41 games in the NBA, you get a shot to be in the playoffs. I understand. I think though, like, say the ten seed is only, I don't know, like, let let's say the eight seed and the nine seed are half a game apart, but the ten seed is like four games back of that nine seed. I don't think the ten seed should get a game. I think the seven seed should automatically make it, and the eight and nine should fight for the eight seed, right? Because the issue, the issue with the win total is like, I don't know. Let's say you. Say you make the win total 40 games, right? Or, or, or how many games would you want to make the win I total said to qualify? 41. Say, say you win 41 games. What happens if the eight seed doesn't win 41 games? Is it a 17 playoff? It's right? top like, eight or 41 games. Okay, top eight or 41 games. So what if what if there's some crazy year where the top 11 teams win 41 games? Like you could potentially see this year. What then happens by if, your standard, the... the um, closeness in the standings would call for it yeah but the 11 seed doesn't get it regardless no they they don't in yours well should they are you just gonna expand by that many see there's too many issues with stuff like that right because you can't have an 11 team playoff at that point because then how does how the hell does that work right like just the one they would love it it. it would make them a ton of money i wouldn't love it i think it's stupid i would say win more games 
Yeah. Well, you, you just you just set your win total, and I gave you an option, and then my, your response to that is. One I still more think game. if you're going to set it, it, should be 41, because I don't think. Let's see. Let's look in the West. I don't even remember where our conversation. I'm not started. convinced the Lakers are winning 41 games. How did or we Phoenix. get here? Phoenix will win 41 games. Mm, I think so. I think Phoenix will win 41 games. Um, how did we get here? What were we talking about before this? <laughs> I, I like I'm lost. I have no what idea. What were we? I knew we started with Tatum MVP and then we just rambled on to here somehow. Oh, 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 sorry. Oh, I said Miami <laughs> seventh in the east because we were talking about the record of Dallas. We were talking, we were talking about offense and defense in the NBA right now, and I was going to bring up the stats from the 80s and 70s. Excuse me. Then we got sidetracked. Circling all the way back for the the loyal listeners who are going to follow us. Um, in the late 60s, uh, early 70s, they were averaging 117, 116, 112, 116, 112, 110, right? And then it dipped off, right? <clears throat> dipped off to around 110. And then, I mean, again, in the 80s, you get 108, 110, 110, 110, 109, 108. And then the basketball that everyone like it pisses me off. All the old heads and everyone complaining about offense compares this version of basketball just to the nineties and early two thousands, right? That is the only recollection because that is what they grew up with. So that is the only era of basketball that ever existed outside of the current one we're in, right? In the the nineties and in early two thousands, you had 99 points per game, 91 points per game, 93, 97, 98. And then just that in 2007, crazy. you see like playoff games that are like right? 60 to 60 in the fourth right? quarter. And then you, you get to 2007, 2008, you get, uh, 99.9 and not until 2016 17 do you even crack 105.6 like this is the first time you cracked 105 and now they're at 114 this season right and you and you hear all these complaining like this isn't the first time point averages were up over 110 right it was over 110 for three times in the mid 80s it was up in the 116 one like uh 116.7 is the highest, and that was in 6970, right? It is because there is so much talent in the league. The league needs to expand. Once the team, like once we add or, or the NBA adds two expansion teams, three expansion teams, four expansion teams over the next 10 or so years, however many years, right? Like, because there's enough talent in the NBA to have four expansion teams. Like, there's enough talent out there for that, right? You'll see the averages dip back down to 105, 106, 107, 110, right? Like, there's just too much talent in the NBA. This, this isn't as much, in my opinion, the defense is bad. This is the offense is that good, right? I was listening to JJ Reddick's podcast and he was talking to, oh, I forget who it was. It was like, uh, shoot, maybe Desmond Bain uh, or maybe it was uh, Fred Van Vliet. It was Fred Van Vliet. <clears throat> and he made the case that uh, I have to cough. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm dying here. I didn't want to cough into the mic. Uh, JJ Reddick's rookie year, the best offense in the league that year would have been something like, I don't know, 18th this year or, or last this year. The best defense that year would have been eighth in the league this or the worst defense in the league that year would have been eighth. Then from Fred Van Vliet's rookie year, the same thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, best offense would only be the Golden State offense, Fred Van Vliet's rookie season, the 2016 17, like the ridiculously good Golden State Warriors they'd be 11th in the NBA in offense this year. And the worst defense that year, the post Kobe Bryant Lakers with like Nick Young and the fellas balling out in LA, that defense would be like eighth, like like the eighth best in the league, right? So 
you can sit here and say, oh, defenses have gotten that bad. If you think the ninth best defense in the league this year is worse than that Lakers team on defense, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you're just no, that's crazy. that's not what I'm saying. I'm, no, I'm not coming at you. I'm I'm more ranting about the entire, like, this whole old head mentality. They don't play defense My anymore. My like, point is <clears throat> a lot of fouls. A lot of fouls. A lot of guys falling all over the place. A lot of threes. A lot of threes. I don't think those your, two your things are in the pace. Track. The pace is like about average, a little bit above. But the threes and the fouls on jumpers and extra fouls that you can't play defense with your mm-hmm. hands, things like that, which is not necessarily a new thing. The the hand thing allows for more scoring. They're shooting less fouls now than they did in the late 2010s. Less free throws. A lot of fouls on jump shots. <laughs> it does it, like I understand that, and I, I told you I agree with you on the jump shot thing. I think it's ridiculous that a shooter can jump over the three point line and get a foul call when the defender goes straight up. That shouldn't be a thing. But the, the free it, throws it, doesn't necessarily correlate just because the defense can't defend the same way. Well, then I don't think you can use the free throws to then make the argument. Oh, their scoring isn't as impactful as much. It isn't as impactful then because they're. It's not like they're shooting. By, by the numbers any more or less free throws than guys were in previous years like yeah it's up since last year like last year was at 22 or 21.9 this year it's at 23.7 but all you have to go back is what uh eight years to get an even number and then if you go back even further to the quote-unquote golden era all these old heads are talking about again not you just me ranting like early 2000s they're shooting 24 to 26 free throws a game right like Sorry, like you can complain about the way they're getting those free throws, sure, but the number's not going up. That's my like great. <clears throat> sure, and I agree with you in that pace. As far as uh, what was the other one you were complaining about? Oh, the three point attempts. Yeah, three point attempts are up. Like that's just because they play. That's, that's how it is. Way. That's how the game is. That's how. That's yeah. how you got to do it. But like I'm saying, <clears throat> points are up this year because the offense is so good, in my opinion, not because the defense is so bad. I think it's um, a little bit of both. And I, I think it's less on the defense itself. I think it's more on the rules. I just, I don't know. I, I disagree. I just think there's too much talent. And I, I'm telling you now, once they add these uh, expansion teams, which they're going to add expansion teams, there's going to be Seattle and Vegas in a, in a few years. Scoring is going to go down. And you're going to hear a lot less complaining about, oh, defense stinks, right? Because everyone's going to see all the numbers going down and say, oh, defense is better again. No. They just added more games and there's better defense. I agree to some degree, but if you're telling me you'd rather watch 70 to 80 playoff games, then you're just crazy. I I never watched those, but I feel like it was more fun to watch games. I don't know. It's tough to say because now you you can really get some crazy comebacks because of the threes and how high powered those offenses are. But I also felt like a lot more games were close back in the day or not back in the day, like 10 years ago. I felt like there's no way to really look at this. It's just what I remember. I feel like there were a lot more good games. You didn't see as many teams just like, I don't know. You're always I think there's plenty of good games this year. I mean, I think the reason good games are being overshadowed is because they're being overshadowed by stats like. Lucas, look at Lucas, 60 point, 21 rebound, 10 assist game, right? Everyone's going to remember it because of that. That was a crazy game. Like they came back, Luca hit the free throw at the end. They dominated in overtime. Like that was a good game. That was an overtime game. You look at Donovan Mitchell, 71 points. Only thing people are going to remember is that 71 point game. He threw the ball off the rim to, to tie the game. In oh, overtime, that was crazy. Right? Just the other night, the Raptors and the Knicks, right? RJ Barrett coming down yep. the court, Duncan. We get, did a like, stream for that one. You can pick 
any night of basketball and because of how much talent there is in the league, there is going to be a close game, in my opinion, right? I think it's the opposite. I think a few years ago, you saw way too many blowouts, right? Like you talk about the the era of the Golden State and the Cavs, like on any given night, you get the Cavs versus the Magic. and You could just have it done, right? Like nowadays, I'll look at last night. Um, there was Pelicans Cavs. That was a, a, a oh, no, OKC's beaten teams is your example. Yeah, OKC's beaten teams. The Toronto Knicks game I was mentioning. Um, you you look back, uh, and you can see the Nuggets and the Magic in a three point game because of Paolo Bancaro, the Lakers and and the Sixers. I mean, we mocked Russell Westbrook for the final possession, but that was objectively a good game, right? Because yep. it was close and it came down to the wire. I, I just I'll, I'll push back on that point. I think you're getting more good games now than ever because of how much talent's in the league, and I, I disagree with the notion that. I'll say that defense maybe isn't as good as like the peak. Like this isn't the peak of defense, obviously. But I think saying that like this is, you know, defense is atrocious now. I just think that's a bit, bit of a stretch, right? I, I, I just know I don't think I'm gonna fall. I think the rules category. are atrocious. I stand by that. Certain rules are atrocious. I don't think all of the like I can understand the. Take the... Fine. <laughs> yeah, well, no, <laughs> yeah, of course the take foul is fine because it helps basketball. But like, I understand the gripe with. uh the three-point shot in, thing. In no other basketball game other than the NBA on the planet are guys falling down on jump shots. No, Nowhere else. Nowhere uh, else it doesn't happen. I understand the... Doesn't I understand the rule of you can't get in a player's landing space, but I, I don't like how it's affected the way the game is played in that regard. Right. In like, my opinion, that rule allows bad shots to be rewarded. I, I think they've fixed it a little bit this year, at least, because they're calling. I think well, they, they, don't, to, they don't you don't see as much of the jumping into guys, which mm, is good. they need to be. They need to good. be more strict on it, I think, because I, I think that is a good way to fix it, because you shouldn't be able to get into a, a player's landing space. That is dangerous. Like just at its core, that is a dangerous thing. Like the Zaza thing. Zaza ruined Zaza it for everybody because he won in the rat list because he ruined right? basketball. <laughs> he took it a step too far. Um, but, but that is a dangerous move. Obviously you shouldn't be able to get into a player's landing space, but the issue is now you're seeing like a player take a three and land inside the three point line and a player defending. I mean, Harden always did that. I know. And a player defending from inside the three point line will maintain his ground, but he'll get called for a flagrant. You know what I'm saying? Like that sort of thing. That is where I draw the line. Now, Obviously, you're going to come forward on a jump shot. Like, that's just how a jump shot works. You jump towards the rim. But there has to be a healthy medium because what do you expect a defender to do? Like, what what are they supposed to do? Just not defend the jump shot? What you're talking about but, is a problem. And also, mm-hmm. if the guy, if the defender's already there, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He's entitled to his space. Yes, you no, I agree. You can't go up for a jump shot and then land on him. I think you're kind of saying the same thing. But I mean, yes, like, yes. this is more of a sense. The guy's already playing good defense. Mm-hmm. you're just taking a bad shot and you're getting rewarded because he's playing good defense. I think you've seen that. You. And I think you've seen that less this year, in my opinion. I don't think you've seen that as much this year. I think that was a problem one or two years ago. And then they amended it with this whole, like you can't jump into a player. Cause that one year where like Trey young was just jumping into everybody would that do it when he was on the Celtics, <clears throat> mm-hmm. that was hell. <laughs> that, that was the worst. And I'm glad that that era has, for the most part ended and you saw it i saw it called the other night i was watching the end of wizards uh i think warriors kyle kuzma jumped forward and he fell down and they called a foul on kuzma uh you, it would have brought, brought a tear to your eye <laughs> if you Go had ahead. seen it but uh yeah i don't know 
this all stemmed from us talking about Tatum's 51 point game in the MVP race, by the way. And we've been talking about this for 20 minutes. Uh, so, so there you go. Um, I mean, you're getting a long show today because Jack had plenty for us to do. Yes, you are. Well, some of it was no- filler. Some of it was filler. We don't have to get it all. Um, I think I talked about Cornette on the last episode, so we, we can skip over Cornette. He's just been good, and I like Cornette. Uh, I think Sam Hauser talk is probably the slightly more important because I do want to talk uh, about Sam Hauser because he's been kind of bad. Sam, he's been he's been pretty bad <laughs> uh, for recently. I, I'll, I'll open with this, and I'll use it. Um, per Chris Forsberg, I pulled it. It's Boston. Shout out, Chris, old friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, said, Hauser has been trying to pull himself out of a funk since the start of December. Uh, he was second on the team in plus minus behind only Tatum through Boston's first 21 games. Since those first 21 games, he is a team worst minus 65 oh, or excuse me over the Celtics last 23 games, which I think is just since then he is a team worst of minus 65 and no one else is really close uh, according to him. So I'm going to go, <clears throat> excuse me, check that out now and I'll, I'll just go last 15 to take a look. But, uh, Sam Hauser, oh, uh, yeah, I, I did ahead. the stats, sorry, because I have the, the shooting splits. Over the first X amount of games, he's shooting around 48% from three through to the end of the end of November, I believe it was. Since the end of November, Sam Hauser is shooting 28.8% from three, which is, uh, if you know ball, not very good. And as far as those plus minus... Only a little worse than LeBron. <laughs> all right leave lebron <laughs> this is not a part of the conversation but uh the plus minus over the last 15 games for sam hauser sam hauser is a minus 43 over the celtics last 15 games you want to know who's second to last on that justin jackson with a minus nine <laughs> so we're talking minus 43 <laughs> versus minus nine like sam hauser has been bad very very bad I'll tell you what, Sam Hauser not picking the best time to be bad. <laughs> no, no. Uh, for his sake, as the trade <laughs> yeah. deadline grows closer and closer every day. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he's not going to get traded. He's no, not. He's on so. too good of a contract. He showed the team that he can play and he can shoot. Absolutely. He's just in a slump. However, that doesn't mean uh, Brad's not going to go get somebody and screw mm-hmm. around with this season that they're having because mm-hmm. they are far too good to be screwing around with their roster and in, in not getting the best possible result from this season. Yeah. So I don't know who that means. I don't think Duarte, maybe him, his three point percentage isn't off the charts either. It is. Horrendous. Is it? <laughs> is what it is. Oh, yeah, oh. yes. I was like, I was like, I thought I knew what I was talking about there. What the hell, Jack? No, no. Chris Duarte is playing absolutely terribly this season. The only reason I think he should be considered is because he's been injured a lot this year. I was listening to Keith and uh, Trevor talk about it in the front office pod. He's been injured this season. He hasn't been able to consistently get minutes because of the rotation. And I would think, uh, weirdly enough, I think he would probably get, excuse me, more consistent minutes on the Celtics and the Pacers. Because, like, you think about the wing depth the Pacers have. They have Neesmith, they have Heal, they have Matherin, uh, they have Andrew Nemhard plays minutes for them there, too. Like, they have a lot of guys at the wing uh, to get time. For the Celtics, it's really Tatum, Brown, Hauser, right? Like, that's that's their wing core, sort of. And they have guys who play up and down, but there would be a niche. Uh, a niche for Duarte to fill. He's shooting 33.1% from the field this season, 29.2% from three. So not a very efficient season from him. Nope. Uh, only only played in 24 of their games too, but I, I do think that's a solid option. And he's cheap. And like, who else I, is I out think there? It's possible. That actually well, fits. I, I wrote an article for, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for Celtics blog that'll probably come out around tomorrow, the next couple days about this exact topic, Sam Hauser slump and what it could mean. 
Uh, and I, I came up with some potential options that fit into the Celtics TP. Before that, though, it's important to mention, I know you don't care about tax. And I, I mean, it's not my money. I shouldn't care about it either. But it is important to note that if the Celtics do make a move, and I had this explained to me by Keith, they will be paying roughly uh, Keith Smith, by the way, cap legend, uh, friend of the show, friend of the show. They will be guest. paying. Yes, yes. Good friend of the show. Uh, they will be paying around five times what the contract is. So let's say Cam Reddish. Let's say they trade for Cam Reddish. If you include taxes, he's like a six or yeah, roughly six million dollar contract. They'll be paying around 30 million dollars for Cam Reddish. So like if you put it in that perspective, it's a little bit more. OK, maybe they should be hesitant to make a move because like. But again, if you're a, a fan, if you're you asking be me, about, don't care. Exactly. Exactly. You don't care. Wick said but, forever ago he'd pay for a championship team. Here we are. Exactly. Hey. So options. These three options are or these X amount of options are important because the Wancho Harden Gomez TP, the 6.9 million one expires on January 19th. So the day after yep. you're listening to this, they will not have the 6.9 million dollars one. No, now, they're there not are, using it. I know there are only a few players that fall under the category of would fit into that one and not the other one. Um, and at the same time, the Celtics could probably make up the salary if they traded Pritchard and two minimum contracts anyway. So it's not a huge deal. But if the Celtics wanted to use that Wancho TPE, which right now it doesn't look like they will, these players fit into that and not the other one. Uh, Cody Martin of the Hornets, who I think would be very interesting if they're ditching contracts, but he's he's on a pretty solid longer term deal. So, excuse me, I doubt that happens. He makes seven million, but you can go up a hundred thousand over what your TPE is. So he would technically be fit. So Cody Martin, Justin Holiday, who has looked all right uh for the hawks this year and they have a, a decent amount of wings on that roster um aj griffin a guy we were talking about the other day uh he's been good justin holiday by the way this i'm season. sure i'm sure atlanta's ready to <laughs> ship him off who who is this aj griffin i'm sure they they just really want to get rid of him mm-hmm. no no i'm talking about justin holiday is what i'm oh, saying okay age i said aj griffin's been playing well so maybe they'll trade justin holiday because oh, they don't need okay. him anymore okay yes yes uh, Justin Holliday just played 15 minutes a game for the Hawks this year, uh, shooting 37.7% from the field and 34% from three. So not great, but he is an option. He's a veteran guy. He could alleviate some of the pressure off of Sam Hauser. Um, on top of that, Rui Hachimura, a guy I know our friend Birkin in the chat loves, probably not as likely either because of how young he is. He'll need, he'll need There's a, a reason he's all, in all these talks too. Mm-hmm. Very true. Well, they also could just – be more out of them because they have Denny of Dia. Uh, and then Rudy Gay on the Utah Jazz, who has not been great this year, but is no, just another body. Very bad. Very bad, Rudy Gay. <laughs> uh, I wrote mainly about wings, but if we're talking non-wings, um, Jackson Hayes and Kem Birch are two names if you want a big, which I don't necessarily think the Celtics should be targeting bigs, but Hayes and Birch would both fit under that. But players who don't, um, who fit under the smaller TPE as well, I think this is where you're looking at names the Celtics could actually potentially get you have the club of their team might not want to extend them. Uh, Cam Reddish, Matisse Teibel, and then PJ Washington, even though I think the Hornets will probably end up extending PJ Washington in the summer. Um, so like if they're looking to get value back for somebody they're they're not going to bring back into the team. Reddish and Teibel seem like guys that could potentially fit for the Celtics. Uh, even though like if you're trying to replace Hauser shooting with somebody else who can shoot Teibel and Reddish are probably not the guys <laughs> you're looking at. Um, but those are options. Uh, other players, Chris Duarte, like you said, uh, could be there. Sadiq Bay is a name that's been thrown around. And I know we had a chat with Keith. We back talked when, about with Keith. Yeah, we did. Well, we talked about when Keith, when Hauser was shooting well. Now the Hauser's not shooting well. Maybe it makes a little more sense because you have another body. Um, the one I might be most interested in is Tori Craig. Excuse me. Yeah, I've seen him thrown around. Having a career year with the Phoenix Suns. 
Uh, and with uh, Jay Crowder not playing, it seems unlikely they'd trade him. He's averaging uh, 8.5 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.5 assists, shooting 47.3 from the field, 39.7 from three. Uh, and he's taking three and a half threes game. It seems unlikely they'd trade him. However, if their season keeps going downhill, uh, I believe he's on a minimum contract. I don't want to have egg on my face, though, so I'm going to double check my memory. Uh, I meant a one-year contract. Um, yep, his contract is up at the end of the year. So, excuse me, if they want to just get value back in return for Torrey Craig and Cam Johnson is coming back some point soon, maybe uh, they would be willing to part ways with him for, I don't know, a couple seconds, a first-round pick. Uh, or let's say they trade Jay Crowder for another power forward and they need to match salary. Celtics could get involved as a third team, get Torrey Craig. If I had, like, you know, throw in a second and absorb Craig into TB is what I'm saying. Uh, as that third team, if if I had to pick a guy who I'm like, okay, if I could have anybody around the league that makes sense and fits into TP, I'd probably pick Torrey Craig as a one-year rental because he's been uh, pretty good for the Suns this year. Yeah, that Phoenix team, I'm not convinced they're bouncing back. Seems like they get a lot of problems over there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh... I mean, Booker's hurt. Aiton <laughs> doesn't want to be there. Chris Paul's getting not getting any mm-hmm. younger, right? Mm-hmm. They've got injuries. I don't know. I don't know if they move Craig. It kind of sucks. I feel like Crowder would be an interesting guy if he fit the money, but he doesn't. No, you'd have to trade Gallinari. Yeah, which which that's would another be a very thing. bad look. I was going to say we can talk about this too. I I, I don't think you should trade Gallinari because we've talked about this many a time. Realistically speaking, if you're looking for somebody who could give you what Hauser's giving you, <laughs> it's Gallinari, no, right? It's like it'll be playing uh, well next year, and the reason they signed him is to kind of do what Hauser has been doing this year when he's been good, at least. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see him play in a Celtics uniform next year. I think he'd be a good fit for this team. Unfortunate that he got hurt, but uh, I, I don't think the Celtics he's, will trade He's on him. two feet again. He's getting there. Yeah, he's making quicker progress than I thought. I, I'm, he, uh, I'm hyped with the way he's charging ahead. He would be a tough one to trade. He seems like he wanted to be here, mm-hmm. and yeah. he was a good story coming into the season. So you have a guy that signs here, is excited to be here, you can't really trade him if he gets hurt. Like you mm-hmm. could trade him if he was playing bad, but if he gets mm-hmm. hurt, he really can't control that. That's not really fair to him. And you've already got like labels around the organization that they don't treat players right with Isaiah Thomas. I mean, you've heard Anthony Davis's dad talk about it and complain, mm-hmm. but yeah, there is truth to it. Like it's not a good look when Isaiah ends up like being more hurt than he was told. And then his career goes away because of it pretty much like, you can't just trade Gallinari because he hurt himself, really, unless you're getting like a crazy deal. Maybe you can. I don't know. I don't think yeah. you would get very good press on it. That That's what I, I don't think I so either. I think the only acceptable way for it to work is if like you get a crazy deal, like you said, like you can't pass it up. You have to do it or something along the lines of like the Ricky Rubio situation. You know how the Cavs traded Ricky Rubio last year? Then he just signed back in the summer. Like if you convince that's a him. Dream. Yeah, if you can, I'm surprised them. more players don't do that. Like, if mm-hmm. I was, oh man, I gotta, like, let's say mm, that's a bad example because I'm Blue saying Gallinari could do that though. Like, if you yeah. trade him to another team and Gallinari says, you know, okay, I'm not coming back next, does he have a player option or a team option? I believe he has a player. Well, if he if he says, like, okay, yeah, I'll decline at the end of the year, and Boston says, yeah, we'll have, oh, he doesn't have any option, it's just two years flat, so never mind, maybe it's not possible, oh, but mind. like, if he gets bought out or something, and this, you know, he goes back, something along the lines of he'll find his way back to Boston, but even so, I just don't think trading him is realistic for the Celtics. If I was a nasty NBA player, like, say, I'm trying to think, let me, let me take a minute. Yeah. 
What's the scenario? I can help you think of an example. Like there's one good player on the team. Okay. Like the Thunder, Shea? Yeah. Say say like Shea's contract was up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I would say, hey, listen, I'm nasty. Trade me, get stuff back, and then I'll come back. <laughs> I'm surprised. No, like it's funny, but I'm surprised no, more no. players don't do that. I know what you're saying. Like that's what they should have done with Beal last year. That that's perfect. That is the yeah. perfect scenario. Beal should have said, trade me. I'll go wherever, get what, get whatever is best. I'll go live there mm-hmm. for however many months. That's what Harden should have done to the Nets. He should have said, all right, see, ya. or no, he sh- that's what Harden should have done with the Rockets. He yeah. should have said, trade me. I'm a dip out of here. You get what you can for me. I'm a go. You go compete you- a little bit. And then when it's ready, I'll be back. I mean, LeBron mm-hmm. kind of did that when he left Cleveland and came back when everything was ready to go again. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in a shorter term, yeah. Beal would have been the cash money trade me get mm-hmm. i'm sure he would have got something from somebody mm-hmm. something good back a couple good pieces i mean the only issue with that is the tampering that happens like the team that is trading for beal is absolutely in contact with beal saying hey you're gonna come long term and you know sometimes there's the uh I'm trying to think of an example like the timberwolves when they traded shitting on the timberwolves trades uh, not even talking about Gobert when they traded for butler right like they didn't yeah, really they have left. that long-term guarantee yeah because they and then they ended up trading him they traded butler when by the way say, for like you say players leave after being traded places like right i understand away. like i i no i'm sorry not the timberwolves i picked on them unnecessarily like the sixers what the sixers did they traded for butler in fairness to them they got him for like not a lot which was <laughs> something for them uh he left the Timberwolves went to the Sixers. Like, if you wanted to go back to Minnesota, he would have had a better team around him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. Philly just didn't have that long-term guarantee. But I think a lot of teams around the league are obviously, like, in discussions with these players. Like, we'll have you long-term, right? Like, we're not just trading for rental, especially when it's the star players. Because uh, unless you're the Nets and going full bozo mode and just following KD and Kyrie with Harden, you, you got to have that long-term guarantee. And, I mean, in their defense, Harden probably gave them the long-term guarantee and was said, uh, I mean, about you want that. to talk about power to the players. I'm, I can't believe no one has done that. Yeah, that'd be fire. I mean, they, they love saying it's the players league and all that. I can't believe that hasn't been done yet. That would be fire. That That is the next like rat, like KD thing that happens. Like, Would you KD, respect it or would you hate it? I would respect it. I would respect the hell out of that. <laughs> unless like they did it to the Celtics. So what you're saying is you want Jalen to leave for half a year. Them get assets and then well also no the issue with that is you'd no, have no. to have enough cap space to sign the player back like that's the other problem in it like you'd have to have enough cap space where you'd be able to absorb well this isn't again. that's why the Jalen one also doesn't work like in theory the Celtics will be good when Jalen's contract is coming to an end sure the Thunder is a good example say the Thunder trade Shay the like, Beal one is the most perfect one you could have gave mm, Beal yeah. contracts up yeah. last year teams ass trade him <laughs> get something back and then he comes mm-hmm. right back. If, if you know that's what you want, find some rat team. I don't know, the I'm Lakers, that'll definitely like give you their farm for them. And then just have think, them leave. I'm trying to think where Beal could have gone last year. That would have made sense. I mean, last season, the Lakers would have traded for him. Yeah, but you wouldn't have gotten enough back from the Lakers, in my uh, opinion. Let's see other teams trying to get over the hump last year. Minnesota, maybe, instead of Gobert, they could have given you the farm. Imagine, that would be so bad. That would be so, so bad. Like, Gobert's bad enough. <laughs> But like, oh boy. Well, I mean, we could have the discussion saying, would you rather have Gobert or nothing? <laughs> nothing. I'd rather that's have the just cap rude. space. Yeah, that's just rude. Well, that's the thing, though. I don't think it, if Beal had left for the Washington, they got all those assets. I don't think he would have been able to resign. Like, I don't think they would have had the space. 
But I don't know what the cap was last year. Anyway, it's a that, funny that concept. is going to be the next thing that like someone does, like when Katie went to the Warriors, that like people are like they would never do that. It's gonna happen someday, and mm-hmm. one franchise is gonna be real pissed. It's gonna be a fun concept at the very least. It's a, it's a good it's a good. Concept. I can't believe I like it hasn't it. been done. Mm-hmm. It would I be agree. perfect for like. Another like situation I thought of, I think the original time I thought of it was like when Paul Pierce, like when the Celtics were bad before they got the big three, mm-hmm. and like there was talk of him getting traded or signing somewhere else or whatever. Yeah. Like they should have, if they didn't have that lined up, traded him and then just, Re-signed you know, him. brought him back. Yeah, yeah, smart. It's funny. Uh, I think that's about it. I had this weird big man debate, which we we can talk about it quickly. I saw it on Let's Twitter. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. Let me let me find out. We we didn't we, get to do a lot of fun stuff today. It was it was me saying dumb things and being proven wrong. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me try to find it. It was something along the lines of oh, I guess I'll find it on my phone because I have like a draft save, so I can just look at my draft. It was rank these eight or so centers. Uh, it was Harrison Grimm on Twitter to give credit. Uh, excuse me. Asking rank these centers and the centers were I'm sure to go to his tweet so I can fully credit him. Sorry. Uh, Harrison Grimm, who writes for Liberty Ballers of SB Nation, uh, Sixers SB Nation site. He tweeted out, rank these centers. Bam at a bio, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Jared Allen, Robert Williams. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting list. I'll type it in this little private chat for you, Sam, so you can actually see it in front of your face. Yeah. Um, uh, Bam, say it again for the people listening. Bam, Sabonis, Gobert, Embiid, Jokic, Jared Allen, and Rob Williams, which is how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven centers. Now, I, I didn't necessarily come to a conclusive ranking. I kind of put them in tiers. Um, and the real contentious one is Gobert, because like I do think Gobert is a better player than he is playing in in Minnesota this season. I just don't think that's like a good fit for him. Obviously, he's the like, worst of the group. See, I have him, I have him in the group with Allen and Robert Williams in that lower tier. Um, I I think I'd probably end up putting him there just based off the season alone. But if you're basing it off of like how they can be when they're at their best, I'd probably put him at the top of it if that makes sense. Um, but for me, it goes. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll do tiers too because I think that's the way this is really set up. Yeah, Jokic and Bead, same one. Bam Sabonis, mm-hmm. same one. Then the yeah, maybe Rob Jared Allen on one. Then then Gobert. See, I lumped Gobert in with him because I, I don't think it's completely fair to base he off how good he is. Well, I just don't think it's fair to base off base how good he is on this season alone. If you're oh, doing I don't this think he was ever alone, good. I know you don't, but we th- we're not talking about that. That's not the conversation we're talking about. But um, off this season alone, I can understand that argument. But if I had to put them in like, <clears throat> excuse me, a concrete order based on this season, I'd probably go Jokic, Embiid, Sabonis, Bam, Jared Allen, Robert Williams, Rudy Gobert. I think that's my the, my list for this season. That's fair, just because Rob hasn't played. Because mm-hmm. uh, when Rob's played, he's been real good. He has been, but the Cavs' defense has been phenomenal this year. Jared Allen's been good for them. He's Celtics just not are coming for him. I no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but if I had to go on a list based on the season, <clears throat> excuse me, that's probably where I'd go. Jokic, Embiid, mm-hmm. the Kings are better. So Sabonis, <laughs> then uh-huh. Bam, who's been really good, probably having the best season of his career, playing great. Yeah, then Allen, Rob Williams, and mm-hmm. Gobert. It's just it's close, tough because Rob's been hurt. Those tiers, I think, are pretty concrete. But the you know, 
the uh, the actual ranking can be tough. But uh, I think that's all I had for today. We can do a couple of trivia cards, though, if you want. Yeah, you need to uh, bounce back after yesterday. All right, all right, all right. I had a, I had a rough one the other day. But <laughs> for those who don't know, any new listeners, any new watchers on YouTube, uh, we do Who's the Man trivia cards. My uncle gifted them to me for Christmas. Uh, they are basically any Celtics player who ever played. You'll get five clues. If you get it on the first clue, five points. Second clue, four points, yada, 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 down the line until you get zero, which is usually what I get when it is player born before the 90s. <laughs> so, uh, and for, for the tally, Sam is at 100 points even right now. I'm at 63. That should tell you who's better. Uh, and Tim, who's only played a few times, is at 17. So that's not exactly fair, but he's a, he's a pregame friend. Points per card. Jesus. Points per card. You were Absolutely you. <clears throat> oh, me or Tim? Tim. Definitely Tim. Really? Mm-hmm absolutely so first right. one of the day let me take off private chat so i don't see your answers drafted by seattle in 1997 but didn't make his nba debut until 2000 when he signed with the celtics interesting drafted by seattle didn't no, make his I'm nba debut on that one. until 2000 when he signed with the celtics i don't know i'm gonna go to the next one i don't know you good Played yep. 338 games for the Celtics, starting 212 of them between 2000 and 2006. <clears throat> I'm not going to get it. I'm not very familiar with this era. So, uh, I have a I guess. I have a few guesses. Are you going to throw it I in? Or you got... All right. Three points. Scored a career-high 29 points while also grabbing 10 rebounds in a Celtics loss to the Mavericks on March 19th, 2004. I got nothing. No, no idea. <clears throat> All right. Two points. Seven footer who signed with the Nuggets and free agency in August 2002, only to be traded back to the Celtics six months later. I feel like that should give it away, but I just, I just don't know. I'll guess. I'll guess in the chat. All right, I'll go to one point. What you guess? Led the Celtics with 76 block shots in 2000, 2001. The first rookie to lead the Celtics in blocks since Kevin McHale 20 years earlier. I don't know. Sam, what you guess? guess? Is Tony Batie. It is Mark Blunt or Mark. Uh, Blount, very good. Wasn't going to get it. So zero points all around. A dud yep. first card of the day. Uh, we'll do another one, though. Second card of the day as I raise it up for no reason. Uh, selected by selected in the second round of the 1989 draft by the Miami Heat. Oof. Uh, 89 draft Miami Heat. Is he played in the 90s? I don't, I don't know anything. yet. All right. Join the Celtics in January on January 10th, 1992 in the trade that sent Brian Shaw to Miami. Oh, I, I wrote an article about trades between the Celtics and the heat, but I, I can't remember. Do you know it? Oh, are you going to guess? Or are you no. next one? I'm going to wait. Okay. Played 30 career games against Michael Jordan in his career and lost all 30. <laughs> really? That's a, phenom- <clears throat> That's a phenomenal stat, but I still don't know it. I don't know that. All right, set the NCAA career assist record in 1989 while playing for Syracuse. What the hell? I'm going to do a guess, but I don't think it's right. Mm. All right, hit the guess. One point for me, point guard named the general. Well, I should definitely know that, but I don't. Answer, Sherman Douglas. I guessed it. What? How? That was my guess at uh, when they traded Shaw, but I wasn't positive. Two points that you got it. Did you know he played for Syracuse? Is that why you got it? No, I just, that was my guess. And I was like, I'm not going to get anything else from this. So I might as well get my points if I'm going to get them. Brutal. Sherman Douglas, the answer to one of our upcoming trivia questions. (laughs) Really? I'll have to take a look at those. I want to contribute there as well. Um, Should we do last one? Three for the day? We'll do five because we've we've had two duds. 
45, won a pair of NCAA basketball titles and has his ner- excuse me, jersey number four retired for the University of San Francisco Dons. Is this USF? That's well, there's yeah. one name that comes to mind. Yeah, but I number four at USF? That's what's confusing me. <laughs> yeah, Should go I go on. to the next one? Yeah. I feel like we're going to look like idiots if this is who we're thinking of, but it's five, but we'll go to number four. Excuse me. Won a gold member as the won a gold as sheesh one gold as a member of the USA basketball team at the 1956 Olympics in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. I mean, you got to go for it. Should we? I mean, we both Russell Russell. Oh no. Oh, we were wrong. Oh no, we were wrong. (laughs) Is it one we should have known? Casey Jones. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that was I forgot they were teammates. I did too. I don't know. From 19, I'm going to read the three through one just to see if we should have gotten it or would have. 96 to 98 served as head coach of the New England Blizzard of the Women's American Basketball League. That no, no, I've got that one. Reached the finals eight times while playing for the Celtics and earned a championship ring each time. That could have been a million guys. Coached the Celtics to the NBA title in 84 and 86. That one I would have got. Okay. Brutal, brutal. I saw USF and my my head didn't even go anywhere else. So, all right, fourth one of the day. It's been a was bad the, day. It has been. Was the final player drafted by the Seattle SuperSonics franchise before the before they moved to OKC? Ooh, I know Russ Played was for the that Celtics. Mm-hmm. I know Russ was that year. So there was a player in the same draft as Russ drafted by the Thunder that played for the Celtics at some point. <clears throat> I don't know. Should I go to next? I have a guess, but I'm no. not going to say it. Okay, good. Four points. Maybe give me a chance. Voted SEC Player of the Year in 2006, the same season he led LSU to the Final Four. Oh, Eesh. LSU, I'm just thinking the main guys of Shaq and Ben Simmons. They're, they're, see, now I have another guy, but that doesn't line up with the, the Seattle move. Brutal. Three points? Yeah. <laughs> Made his first NBA start on December 12, 2007, Filling in for injured Celtic center Kendrick Perkins. Okay, I know Hiccup. who it is. No, are you gonna guess? I don't know. So. Yeah, I, I I know, and I knew it would. With this doesn't make sense to me. Throwing the because Ross was drafted the by the Sonics, right? Yeah, I thought that was last year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Um, the LSU one, I would have known it at if not for that. Hmm. Was traded from Boston to Orlando on December 12th, 2011. Traded this from one Boston to Orlando. Should I? Yeah. Traded from Boston to Orlando. You're going to be really Orlando. upset when you see who it is. I know. I'm going to one point, though. Known big. Oh, okay. Glenn Davis. Yeah. Sure. I didn't know he was drafted by Seattle. Yeah, he was part of the Ray Allen trade. The thing that threw me off Man. is I thought, I thought maybe him. And then it said LSU, and I knew he went to LSU, but I Wait, thought he was Russ a part was the, of the, rest, the last thing? player to be drafted by them. Well, he was in the first round. I assume Glenn was like the second round. You know what I'm saying? Like Russ was their last first round draft pick. They traded for Ray Allen the year they drafted KD. Not mm. Russ. Russ was the year after. Okay. Oh, he was a part of the Ray Allen trade coming to Boston. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, he was the second round pick the same year as as russ in the first round no or no no, no. oh russ was drafted by the thunder glenn davis was kevin durant hold on which was 
That's so weird. Now, now, now I'm looking this up because I'm yeah, because that sound that doesn't sound correct, right? Am I tripping? I'm gonna share my screen. Mm-hmm. I am upset. Oh, you know what I think happened? I I, I understand what happened. <clears throat> so Russ was quote unquote drafted by the Sonics, right? Yeah, there you but, go. But they were the Thunder that year. He never played for the Sonics. He never played for them. Mm-hmm. but he was well, drafted that's that's where it threw us off not very mm-hmm. fair i agree okay i okay. have enough points yep. so i'm not going to take any extras but i should get more points <laughs> all right how many did you get on that one let me three i got zero right actually I got four. I did, no right. you got one last one of the day i did not oh i did i did get one thank you <clears throat> thank you for giving me my scraps uh last card of the day Five points, scored four points, and grabbed three rebounds in his NBA debut on October 26, 2019. I have a guess. Four points, three rebounds. Mm-hmm. I have a guess. If you're not going to guess now, I'll guess now because I need the points. <laughs> like, Give me a minute. Uh, okay. I have my guess. I'm good to – I think I have my guess. Wait. I know I uh, I'm locking it in. I know who it is. Okay, too. who who is it? I'll say. I mean, I'm Tice. saying Rob Tice. Oh, we're both stupid. I guessed Rob. You guessed Tice. It's Taco Fall. Oh, that's it was lame. Taco Fall. That is lame. Uh, average. Okay, we would have gotten it on four points too. We should be mad. Average ten points, eight rebounds, and two point four blocks over 115 games at the University of Central Florida. Yep. Oh, that's bad. Uh, impatience from us impatience but tough day of cards we definitely should have had the taco one but we saw 20 we saw 2019 and figured oh we should guess this but i guess we need a little bit more information anyways i know i think that about cuts it for the day uh yeah that's all i got anything else you want to say before we get out of here uh yeah if you are going to a celtics game or any other event Mm. and you're going to use seat geek you should do it and use promo code LaFrance to save $20 on your first purchase. We should put this at the beginning, by the way. Edit it in. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, but yes, do that. I'll, uh, you're going to hear this at the end of the podcast, too, but you're going to hear this edited in at the beginning as well. So you're going to hear a, a funny a funny cut. Uh, and those who listen to it at the end will now understand. Uh, you know, for, for viewer retention purposes, if you're listening to The Seed Geek, ad at the beginning and the end you know you're a real good one. On comment you. on the comments on the youtube channel let us know that you heard them both uh, i know landon will comment so i, I heard this damn ad twice that's what i want yeah right comment i heard this damn ad twice leave that as your comment uh but yeah appreciate y'all for tuning in thank you very much as as always my one plug is going to be subscribe to the youtube channel sub to how mm. about them celtics on twitter 251 we'll appreciate it. we're climbing we're climbing i keep saying i need to get back on writing the shorts but i've been so enveloped in other work that i've been you get busy the time. I do. I'm a busy guy. Busy guy. Anyways, I'll let you wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching. Like Jack said, or listening. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Leave a like. Say, I can't believe I had to listen to this ad twice. Uh, we appreciate all the viewership, likes, comments. Always a lot of fun, especially with the streams. We will be back Thursday for pregame. Pre-game on Thursday before the Warriors game. Yes, sir. Yes, that'll be the next or time. tomorrow you as you're listening to this. Yes. Yes, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow the pod at How About Them Seas on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can like us on Facebook at How About Them Celtics Podcast. You can follow mm-hmm. Jack at Jackson1NBA. You can get his work from Celtics Blog as well as Heavy. And you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA to see me complain 
And uh, that's really about it. That's it for us, Scott. Check Taco. Come on.